102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X, whatever we call it this week. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to post comments, you should, on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week, then bring your A-game, get to the point, please don't suck. Make the show better. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast that we drop each afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Even though I look like Shrek and sit in front of a weird wall, um, check it out. Seems to be doing pretty well. We drop the YouTube show uh, each afternoon as well. So subscribe to it. The title of this segment is Shut Up and Coach. Shut Up and Coach. The subtitle would be College Coaches Get Out of My Mind, meaning me, Get Out of My Business. So here's some very simple advice for the all-too-powerful or think they're all-too-powerful college football coaches who whine a lot. Get out of the talk show business, get in your lane, shut your face and coach. There. If you get paid to be a talk show host, you need to be a talk show host. That's what you need to do. If it's a side hustle and you get paid to be a talk show host, be a talk show host. Um, my definition of the spoken word space, that's what I call what I do. I've been saying this for years. Um, yeah, it matters. The spoken word space um, is like the way you think of it. The job description is you think of it like a bar stool for listeners and now viewers. And that means you talk about stuff the audience, fi- the audience finds compelling and you do it in an interesting and entertaining way. That's the job. I didn't say... What you talk about, I just said that's the job description. If you suck at those things, you shouldn't have the job in the spoken word space. But if you take the money to be in the spoken word space, don't suck at it. And then don't complain about it. Football coaches not only suck at being in the spoken word space, They don't even try to do the job well, and they have no idea why any company would, and I have no idea, why any company would pay them. I really don't, and I've wondered this for a long time. It's uh, it's a weird mix, and this was probably more true years ago, but I guess in the South, where football is all too powerful and coaches think they're even more powerful, I guess they still get paid to do coaches' shows. Coaches' shows are so bad, sometimes entertaining, But most of the time, they're bad just because they're really bad. And the coach is a jackass. So, I don't know why companies pay coaches to be terrible talk show hosts. I really don't. It's not too much to ask if you pay someone to be in any job, really, but in the spoken word space. It's not too much to ask that you try to do your job. Just try to do it. There is nothing less interesting and less entertaining than a coach's show. There's nothing less entertaining and less interesting than a coach's conversation at all, right? Um, there's even more less entertainment value 
and less interest than a college football coach. They seem to be the worst. They are often highly paid. I'm not I should just say everyone, but they're highly paid. They seem to be whiny. They oftentimes are bullies. They have no boss, which is a giant problem. I've said many times, and I'm not kidding, this is why the college game still has rules from 30 years ago, because they have no boss. They don't answer to anyone. And the consummate, whiny, bully, with no boss, is Clemson's head coach, Dabo Sweeney. It's old school, and I guess Clemson is old school, and I guess Clemson call-in shows are old school in every single way. The attitude of many coaches, especially Dabo Sweeney, is I'm the emperor of the team, uh, I'm the emperor of the town and the campus, and how dare you criticize me. Classic example was taking Urban Meyer, hugely successful college coach, sticking him in Jacksonville. By the way, one of the best teams in the NFL right now. What are we, two years removed from his train wreck of a performance as the head coach? But it's not going to work because they come in with this emperor bully attitude. And that's how they run their programs in college. That's how they run the campus. That's why they have no bosses. But it doesn't fly anywhere else, and it certainly doesn't fly in the NFL. So how dare you criticize me is the mantra of these coaches. Many college coaches especially in the South, where football is king. They are the ultimate, don't you know who I am people, right? You know if somebody does that stuff, that's a college football coach. Don't you know who I am? Don't you get it? Do you know who you're talking to kind of attitude? That's Dabo Sweeney. That's many college football coaches. Not all. Not all. I think they have have to learn to change. Social media has forced them to change. But this guy is the ultimate, don't you know who I am guy. In fairness, he has been among, this is the head coach at Clemson, he's been among the most successful coaches in the game over the past 10 years, no doubt. He's paid almost $11 million a year. And even if he were fired, he'd be paid its guaranteed money. There are giant buyout clauses to Dabo Sweeney, Jimbo Fisher, you name the football coach at a college football factory, and they are, their grandkids are rich. Their grandkids are rich, probably. So it's huge money. That's the market, to be fair. He's an insufferable jackass. He really is. He makes Jimbo Fisher, who I often describe as an insufferable jackass, he makes him seem likable. Clemson is 4-4. Four and four. They're kind of a mess on the field. Dabo Sweeney does a college, <laughs> makes me laugh, a call-in talk show. And it's something like Clemson Talks or Clemson blah, blah, blah. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's old school, man. They're sitting at some Cracker Barrel taking phone calls. And, okay, I'm sure he's paid. I could almost guarantee you he is getting paid and paid really well. I'm guessing he's paid even though he doesn't like the job, doesn't want to do the job, and frankly threatened to quit the job, he probably makes 10 times the money as the guy sitting next to him at the Cracker Barrel or somebody else in some studio somewhere who does it for a living. So he gets paid really well to be in the spoken word space. He gets paid well to do a talk show. A side hustle, but money he makes is probably bigger than someone who's not a side hustle. 
He really liked it from what I can tell, and I've known a lot of coaches that do this stuff. I've had blowback many, many times in my career. It used to be worse because, you know, it was I did something different. Uh, took on the emperor, and that was just un, unheard of. But now, you know, now times are a little bit different, but apparently not in Clemson, South Carolina. Um, I'm guessing he really liked the side hustle of doing his own call-in show when the audience was kissing his ass because that's what he expects. That's what college coaches expect since they're bullies and they have no boss. They expect everyone to kiss their ass. He's not very good at his side hustle, a talk show, and he's such a baby, a whiny, insufferable baby. He's threatening to quit not just his side hustle, all of his jobs. Okay? Remember the title? I gave this a title of this segment, I think. What did I say? Shut up and coach. Get in your lane, shut up and coach. If you want to do the side hustle, own it and do it. So I'm not sure how good the audio is, but I can, I can tell you exactly what was said. It's now making big news. I'm glad that it is because I think it does expose how whiny many college coaches are. I think it is perfectly reasonable for the public to say, hey, shut up, man. You make $11 million a year and you're 500 Deal with it. Yeah. I think a lot of you, I'm almost positive of this. I can put you, many of you, I could set you right here next to me and let people tweet or say or text anything they want. And you would say, bring it on for 11 million bucks. I'll, I'll listen to it all day. So here he goes. I don't know this is at a Cracker Barrel. I just assume it's at a Cracker Barrel next to some goofball host. You can you can have all your opinions that you want. Alright, I don't know how old you are. I don't really care. Alright, but let me tell you something. Um, we won eleven games last year. And you're part of the problem, to be honest with you, because that is part of the problem. It's people like you that do that all you do is it's the appreciation, the expectation is greater than the appreciation. And that's the problem. And so, you know, we've won 12 10-plus win seasons in a row. That's happened three times in 150 years. So if you want to know why, Clemson ain't sniffed a national championship for 35 years. We've won two in seven years. And there's only two other teams that can say that, Georgia and Alabama. Okay? Is this a bad year? Is this a – yeah. And it's my responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for it. But all this bull crap you're thinking, all these narratives you read, listen, man, you can have your opinion all you want. And you can apply for the job. And good luck to you. All right? But to answer your question, all right, we're second in draft picks. We've graduated 98% of our guys. We're second in wins. All right? We, we, if you, you want to know why, again, I'm telling you, we're not perfect. There's a lot of teams that, you know, Frank Howard never had a bad year. Coach Ford never had a bad year. Nobody, Coach K has never had a bad year in basketball. People have a bad year. But the part of the problem is the appreciation. I used to tell people all the time, they'd say, what's the difference in Clemson? I'm going to tell you, at, Clemson, at some places there's an expectation, but at Clemson there's an appreciation. And what's happened at Clemson is, is we've won so much that even when we used to be the funds in the winning, now even when you win, people like you complain and criticize the coaches and question everything. You, you, people like you 
point when I heard Tony Elliott, the big offensive coordinator who never called a play in his life. I'm sure you were critical then. Right? And he took us to two national championships. People like you who just destroy, love to, to destroy people with your comments. Right? I'm sure you've never made any bad decisions. I'm sure you've lived a perfect life. I'm sure you've never, I'm sure you've led a bunch of people. I'm sure you do your job in front of So to answer your question, I started as the lowest paid coach in this freaking business. Right? And I'm where I am because I've worked my ass off every single day. And I ain't going to let some smart-ass kid get on this phone and create this stuff. So if you got a problem with it, I don't care. Right? I work for, for the Board of Trustees, the President, and the AD. And if they're tired of me leading this program, all they got to do is let me know. I'll go somewhere else where there is an appreciation. Right? It's not just winning. It's how you win. And we are in a – this is a tough year. But we've had 12, 12, 10-plus win seasons in a row. 12. We lost to Tennessee last year. They won 11 games for the first time in like 20 years. We've had 8, 11 win seasons in, in whatever, 11 years or whatever. We've won two national championships. Clemson went 35 years. All right, probably since before you were born. Your whole freaking life. And we've won two in seven years. And we earned it. And we beat the best of the best to do it. The best of the best. 12, 10 plus winning. So if you want to know why, that's why. Am I perfect? Nope. I'm far from it. I am a, and I am a man of faith. Absolutely. All right. I'm 53 years old, and there ain't one thing in my life. I, I, have, I have been a part of failure many times, but there ain't one thing in my life that I've ever failed at, Tyler. Never. I ever. I wanted to get an education. I got two degrees. Oh. I wanted to be the first college in my graduate my family. I did it. I wanted to play football in Alabama. I earned a scholarship. Later three years. Worked my ass off. Won a national championship. I wanted to get into coaching. I worked my way to being a head coach. And when I got this job, and I'm sure you didn't want me to get this job, right? And 15 years later, I'm still here. And I'd say the results are what they are, and I stand on them. So you don't ever have to call back. I, I, I wanted to get married. I've been married for going on 30 years. I wanted to be a father. I've raised three great sons. If you don't like how I run the program, don't be a fan. I don't care. But I'm the head coach, and I'm going to do what I believe is right for the long term of this program, what's best for the players, and what I think is best for the moment. If you got a problem with that, that's fine. But you're not, I'm not going to sit, sit here and let you call. I don't give a crap how much money I make. You ain't going to talk to me like I'm, like I'm 12 years old. All right, you need to shut up. Yeah, shut up. Shut up. What, what did shut up you too, goofball next to him? Um, he the caller didn't say you're a child molester, that didn't happen at all. For a guy who says, I don't care what you say, you went on a six minute rant caring about what he says, touting a resume. You make the guy made the comment, you make 11 million dollars a year, you do, and it's guaranteed. <laughs> so and he pointed out you're four and four and you make $11 million a year. Shut up. By the way, let him talk, man. Make it a good show. Let's go. Why do you even take the guy's call then say you're going to leave and quit and blah, blah, blah? 
um, the manager of the radio station or the producer or somebody should say, you know, that's a pretty good show. Now let's let Tyler talk. Let's go. Keep it up. The person that pays him should say, if you don't want to do the show and make it a good show, then I'm not going to pay you because you seem to want to be making a lot of money. So, come on, man. <laughs> he works for the Board of Regents. They gave, you've got like, what, a $30 million buyout, like most college coaches? Shut up, all of you. Just shut up. Never start anything by saying, I don't care what you say, and then spend the next 10 minutes caring about what they say. And the guy, caller, whoever it is, who cares about Clemson football anyway, and I'm glad you've got a good deal at Cracker Barrel. But he pointed out you make $11 million. You're going to make over $100 million, man, and your team's 4-4. and And I think there's more of it to come. I mean, I could go on this nerdy explanation. As I've said many, many times, the landscape is going to change for Southern football powers. And it's got to be worrying them. It's got to be terrifying them. The landscape is changing. Acting like... Acting like an all-too-powerful bully at a place where there's not a lot of money, except you make all the money, is going to be difficult because you now live in a world of free agency. You now live in a world where, I don't agree with it, I don't think it's a good idea, NIL where places like the University of Texas just buys everybody. And it's trouble for you, and I do think it's starting to get to a lot of these coaches. But for them to complain about being 500 and somebody pointing out they make $100 million dollars, uh, is a little too much. Not even Jimbo Fisher would go that far in a rant. You're a jackass. That was ridiculous. That was rude. You're four and four. Own it. Stop selling everyone how great you are. They don't pay you to have a marriage for 30 years and kids. That's nice, buddy. Completely disrespectful. Just say, hey, man, I get it. We're four and four. I get it. You're bent out of shape. I hear you. In other words, the, what was it? The title of the segment, shut up and coach. Subtitle, get in your lane and shut up and coach. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Way to go, Smoker Boys. So today is... I think it's a cool time. I like free agency. I like the business aspect of, of football. I like business aspect of sports. I guess pretty much anything. So the strategy of it, and it's over in an hour or so, free agency, making moves. And, oh, it is? Okay. It's over. And the Cowboys made so many interesting moves. Duh, none. None. Ah, I mean, for a guy that wants to be a de- has been a deal maker. Let, let, let me put it that way. Jerry Jones has made a lot of money, oh, even away from football, and it's about risk reward. Took zero risk, zero. I, I'm shocked, and I don't say do deals just to do deals. The window's closing on them. I don't know how you stand pat. Now, what, Jeff, what do they need? They don't need a heck of a lot. They don't need a heck of a lot. But what you do need, you do need some help in some areas. I thought running back would be one of them. Maybe you could argue another receiver. But you know what? You make a move, man. 
You send a message, you make a move, you say, this is it, this is our chance, this is our run, this is our, this is our final stretch. Because that window is slamming shut on that franchise. And you go win now, man. And they did nothing. <laughs> they did nothing. You know who did make moves? The two other teams that they challenge in the NFC. The Eagles made moves. The Eagles made moves to make their defense better. Not the sexiest moves around, but they did something. They said, we can't sit. We can't, we can't run the risk of losing a player or two down the stretch. Now is the time. Guess who else made a move? The San Francisco 49ers made a move. Well, their roster's loaded, Jeff. Yeah, they lost three in a row. And they said, screw that. That's not good enough. We got to make a move. They turned around. <laughs> I mean, this was, this took some stones. They turned around and got Chase Young from Washington. And that may not mean anything to you because it's Washington and, you, you know, it's a defensive lineman. But they, they went ahead and said, you know what we're going to do? We're a little worried about our defensive line. We're going to get somebody opposite of Nick Bosa. That's exactly what this guy is. Ironically, they played together in college. Bigger point is, you make a move. You've got the chance. You 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 put some cards down. You don't you don't you don't have to mortgage your entire franchise. I I am surprised. I you know for the talk show business, I'm disappointed. Um, but just uh, just out of sure interest, I, I thought they would do something. I thought they should have done something. There's they can't score inside the twenty. Okay, if you look, if you if you own the Cowboys, and you sure my problem with Jerry Jones is I don't think he thinks that window is closing. It is, in every way. You can't score inside the twenty. It's the one thing that keeps jumping out at you. There's a lot of things they do well. They got a kicker is eighteen of eighteen. That'll win you games. There's a lot they do well. There's a lot the 49ers do well. There's a lot the Eagles do well. And guess what they did? They made a move. They didn't sit. They didn't sit. And here's a guy with a chance of his lifetime. And he sat. He can't score inside the 20. You know what you might need to get score inside the 20? You might need a running back. It's not a real complicated position. It's not the kind of thing that you have to dissect a playbook. It's the kind of thing where today you make a deal. You give away a third, a fourth, a fifth, whatever. Six-pack of beer, whatever. You deal, man. You deal. Because now is your chance old man and you bring in somebody and you say hey kid when we get to the 20 I'm just going to give you the ball bunch because now's our chance that's what you do old man that's what your competition does old man and that's what you didn't do all right that grunting in the background is probably Cedric Golden he's a famous writer for the Austin American Statesman uh, this is buy or sell. It's not really about flipping houses or crypto or something like that. Uh, buy or sell works like this. There's a statement made, said or myself and myself, then either agree or disagree with buying or selling it. There are five buy or sell statements. Two media legends, five topics, and a moment of jackassery. This is buy or sell. That's buy or freaking sell. All right, here we go. Buy or sell number one. Malik Murphy quarterbacks Texas the rest of the year to the Big 12 championship game. Buy or sell. 
sell and and no one says old man like jeff ward referring to jerry jones that just makes me laugh every time i can't stop i can't stop laughing at that man i can't is it not old man old man come on make a damn deal make a deal right do something. Don't get Jerry, Derrick Henry. I don't, do, do something. I don't care. I, I'm asked at this point, just do something to send your franchise the message that says, hey, everybody in the building, this is our time. That's what he needed to do. I don't get it. I don't get it. You're not Peter Pan. You're 81 years old. Yeah. You're going to be dead soon. Yeah. People in their 80s die. Yeah. They do. That, thus, I say old man. <laughs> I'm selling Malik 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 Murphy is not going to be the starting quarterback in the, for the next five games. Um, here's the thing, I, you know, and, and I haven't talked to anybody about this. Um, if you watch the game, and Queen Yours is over on that sideline, he's not even wearing a sling. He's not even wearing a sling. Whereas this time when last year when they when he got blown up against Alabama. That sling was on for three weeks in a row. So I don't think this injury is nearly as uh, severe as the last one. So I believe I believe that uh, Quinn will be back, uh, in my opinion, for the TCU game. Uh, and even if the kid plays well, and I expect he will play pretty well in what will be a slobber knocker against uh, K-State, a low-scoring, tough-minded, uh, run-oriented type game, uh, if Quinn's ready. And I don't see him missing more than two more games. Then he'll be back as a starter. So I'm selling. Yeah, I'm selling too. I know nothing about Quinn Ewer's health, but if he's able to go, now is the time to go. I mean, this is the only risk. This is the only risk they have from now until the end of the year. So it's win now or or you're on the outside looking in of both the championship game and the Final Four. Plus... I didn't think Malik Murphy played that well. Not as well as I thought he was going to. I didn't see some of the things that I thought we were going to see. I just thought it was kind of a weird setup. I know it was his first game, so no, I'm selling. I, They're a better team. I know that's not fair because the, guy, the kid has no sample size. He has only one game, and his coach decided to throw 11 passes in the first quarter, which I don't know that I completely agree with. But... Um, he, no, I don't think he did enough to take the job from anybody, and uh, I'm with you. I think it's – if Quinn Ewers can can throw, he needs to play now. He, he's not st- – yeah, it's going to be Malik Murphy Saturday. I can tell you that now. Okay, well, he's he's better, a, he needs, yeah, he needs to play better. He better set way. his feet better. He better take fewer risks, and they better reverse how they game plan, and that is run first and throw later instead of throw first and run later. And they will. Uh, this going to be a big, healthy dose – of Jonathan Brooks this week. I don't I don't think there I think he did tell us on Monday that it was more about getting Malik comfortable, getting him out there and yeah. throwing some passes and not waiting till third and nine to see what he was gonna do. So I think now that he's done that, gotten himself some reps, they're gonna go back to being a run first team. Buy or freaking sell. The Dallas Cowboys win in Philadelphia on Sunday. Buy or sell. That's a good one. Dak Prescott's had some success against the Philadelphia Eagles, but I still have that taste of the 49er 42-10 no-show in my mouth, so I'm going to sell. I just don't, I don't, I don't trust them 
in a true road game of this magnitude just yet, even though they've had success in the past. Something about them bothers me, and it's what Jeff said. They just aren't good inside the 20, and had a chance to fix that today, and they did. And, you know, the old man just sat on his chips, and uh, I guess he believes that these NFL seasons are like cell phone minutes. Dude, they don't carry over. <laughs> there's going to be an NFL for the next 10 years, but we don't know if there's going to be a Jared Jones well, for the quite, next 10 I years. Think we, I, you want to bet on that? I'll, t- I'll take some of that action. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think that uh, even though the Eagles have been a little iffy and we know that uh, Jalen Hurts has been playing uh, with a bad leg, uh, obviously not running as well, but they showed some signs this past week, and they got it going. And uh, even though Washington gave them a, a real game, I, I got to expect that the Cowboys, as well as they've been playing, I don't know that they're going to be up to snuff to win at Philly. So I'm going to sell. Whew. I'll buy. I, I will certainly buy Dallas covering because I think the line yesterday, the day before, was it? Like five and some change, which I, I, I would take. Now, I'd put real money on that. Buying them to win is a little tougher, but I'll, I'll buy them to win. The, the problem, the reason why it's tough to commit to Dallas as compared to Philadelphia, Philadelphia is a closer, right? I mean, they can play bad games and still win. And then we make fun of them, but they still win. Dallas, when it gets away from them, it really gets away from them. Uh, they melt down. So, there's a trust factor the Eagles have earned that is far greater than what the Cowboys have earned. I, I'll, I'll grant you that. But Dallas is healthy. Dallas is fresh. And if Micah Parsons goes crazy, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I don't, I mean, this is a really, really good Eagles offensive line that's been around. But something about the Eagles right now is not completely healthy, and if that guy's fit and healthy, he can wreck some stuff. And I would actually say, well, most people would say Dak Prescott would have to win this game. It might be Micah Parsons that wins this game for Dallas, so I'll, I'll, I'll buy it. I'm not super confident, but I'll buy it. Yeah, it spreads down to three, by the way. Oh, well, I moved. Okay. I liked it at five. Three is getting a little iffy. Buy or freaking sell. The Kansas City Chiefs are still the best team in the AFC. Buy or sell? Man, I'm selling. I just don't. Man, I don't know. I, I, that's my pick to win the Super Bowl. And, but it just seems like if Tay-Tay's not at the game, then Travis Kelsey don't show up. Uh, and he's like averaging like 46 yards a game when she's, when she's not there. And he's like three times that when she's in the building. So... I, and Patrick Mahomes is just throwing passes up for grabs here lately. I'm going to tell you what worries me about this team, uh, and I just don't think they're the best team anymore, is uh, the Miami Dolphins are what the Kansas City Chiefs used to be, and except that they run it better than the old Chiefs. And even though they got punked against Buffalo, the team that beats the Dolphins is going to have to gonna have to score a lot of points and and right now, the Chiefs don't look like a team that, that's revved up and ready to be in any shootouts. The wide receivers are beyond ordinary. And Kelsey, while while still the best tight end in the league, has also had his struggles um, a couple of times, and noticeably with, without his girlfriend there. So 
Uh, the best team in the league in the AFC right now, in my humble opinion, is the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow is healthy. They're running the football. They've got a good pass rush. They're fearless. Uh, they have a coach who doesn't mind going for it when he needs to go for it. And, and, and they're hungry because they've already got three losses. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to make a lot of noise in the second half of the season. So I'm selling that the Chiefs are still the best team. Who did you call Tay-Tay? Taylor Swift. Is that a thing? It is today. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, okay. Because I need that material to talk to my daughter about this stuff. So uh, You say Tay-Tay, she'll know what you're okay. talking about. Okay, all right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be extra cool then tonight. I'm going to say Tay-Tay and... She's going to roll her eyes at me. I'm selling this, and I'll sell it so far as to say this. Not only are the Chiefs not the best team in the AFC, they are number 4.5, maybe even 5, maybe even 6, if the Bengals are what we now think the Bengals are. That's Mm -hmm. just the way things are. And the one team you didn't mention First of all, I'm not I, I wouldn't bet anything against Baltimore at this point. I wouldn't bet anything against Jacksonville at this point. And for whatever reason the football world doesn't acknowledge Jacksonville that might be as loaded as anybody in the entire NFL. I mean, they are good on both sides and they can win games. Jacksonville wins games a mul- different ways. They went to Pittsburgh and won it in an ugly way and they've been in Europe for like a month and a half. So the Chiefs are, if you go in order, there's no way you put the Chiefs ahead of Baltimore, nor Jacksonville, nor Cincinnati, nor Miami. I mean, the AFC Championship. Buffalo's too freaky for me, but yeah, I mean, you can make an argument depending on the week. Buffalo's even better than they are. I'm not sure the AFC Championship game is not a state championship of Florida. Wow. Right? That's different. That's different. And I can't really disagree with that. Yeah. The the Jaguars were really bad early in the season. But so, they've been on some different ish. So, so, they so got were the Bengals, though. I mean, and, and now we're all I mean Bengals were bad because their quarterback was playing on one leg. Yeah. But now he's healthy. I watched him Sunday. He, he was he was ridiculous. Sliding. He was ridiculous. He was sliding. I know. Scrambling. I know. He's back, man. Yeah, he that dude he, he back. was he was ridiculous. He's moving around and making dudes miss and throwing bullets all over the field. What did he go? Like twenty-eight of thirty-two? I mean he Yeah, he was sick. He was sick. And I go, and I and I'm watching with my cousin. I go, dude, they may be the best team in the league. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. They're last and they're like next to last in the division. Yeah. I'd bet on him. I would too. I well, I bet on him at the beginning of the year to win a Super Bowl. Wait, I put some big wait, 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 wait. You said you bet on Kansas City too? I mean, you should like bet on the yes, entire sir. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to turn a profit. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, you, you put four dollars. Well, yeah, have you ever gone fishing and just put one lure out on the water? What is that like? It's like the gambling version of a trot line. Yeah, it's it's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's a trot line. He's cast his nets. I'm casting my nets, Jeff Ward. So you put four bucks. You go walk up to the window. I want four bucks on every AFC team but the Texans. Good lord. Then the payout sucks. Yeah. How about a hundred on the Chiefs and a hundred? Nothing more. I put more on the Chiefs than I did on the Bengals. But my hundred dollar bet on the Bengals to come back as Super Bowl champs will come back a thousand bucks. Okay. That's not bad. 
That's not bad. This is Buy or Sell. Two media legends, five topics, and a moment of jackassery. This is Buy or Sell. That's Buy or Freaking Sell. All right, here we go. Buy or Sell number four. The Big 12 gets shut out of the final four. Buy or Sell. Man, I hate to say it, I'm buying. Um, I, I wouldn't have been buying before Quinn Ewers got hurt and before the Oklahoma Sooners lost to Kansas. But that means the Big 12's got to be damn near perfect down the stretch. And that means Texas probably running the table then beating OU in a rematch to win the Big 12 title. I, I just don't know that... Uh, Either one of these teams isn't going to lose again. As long as there was an unbeaten in the Big 12, it made sense that the champion would make it to the CFP. But you know, as good as Texas is on defense, the uncertainty at quarterback and um, road games coming up against TCU, which isn't good, but always seems to play well against Texas and Iowa State which is figure some things out in that cold weather in middle of America just has me worried. I'm, I'm going to buy and say that the Big 12 does not make it to the CFP. Yeah, I'm buying too, although I think Texas will run the table. Um, the fact that Steve Sarkeesian is pretending like he's not selling it but completely selling it tells me there's concern there because he spent a good chunk of – a news conference a couple of days ago convincing the world that, you know, the, the win over Alabama, which looks better and better and better, I don't disagree, but he made it sound like, you know, they had just knocked off the the Chiefs, the 49ers, and the Eagles all in one weekend. So he, he's trying hard to sell it. I, I, I don't – the numbers are against the Big 12, and I think rightly so. A pretty good case can be made. First of all, Florida State's going to run the table – Yes. Um, the SEC is going to get one in no matter what, whether it's Georgia or not. They're going to get one in. So there's two spots taken right away. Then the loser of Ohio State-Michigan isn't exactly bad either. Um, they're going to argue they get two in. And then the Pac-12, which is the best league in the country, I think Oregon is the one that is going to knock out in Texas or Oklahoma because Oregon is better than either Texas or Oklahoma. And Oregon might turn around and beat Washington. I don't think the Pac-12, I mean, for the Big 12 to get in, the Pac-12 would have to be shut out. And I don't think it happens, nor would that be fair. That'd be, yeah, wrong. That, that'd be, that'd be wrong. I mean, it's just, it would be. It's and just the a Pac-12 better league. has an unbeaten team in Washington, which beat Oregon. You got to, yeah. there's something to be said for that. Sure. No, I, I don't, I mean, I, I just think they've got to hope that Florida State gets upset and that you know that opens the door. Otherwise, I think those spots are taken. I do. Buy or freaking sell. The movie Ghostbusters is a better Halloween movie than the Halloween movie. Buy or sell. That's just so dumb. Sell, sell. <laughs> Whoever Come confused on, Ghostbusters with Halloween Come just because on. there's ghosts in it. <laughs> No, Halloween is the was besides The Exorcist was one of the scariest movies of my childhood. 
it happened you mean, on you Halloween. Mean, you mean the first one, right? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm uh, yeah, but the second one was the Heretic, which I didn't watch. Yeah. Because I was still traumatized, and I refused to go watch this one because I'm still not over it, Jeff. Fifty years later, I'm still not over it. Yeah. So, um, uh, Halloween was was legitimately scary and creepy. It had the title. There's a pumpkin on the logo. There's a slasher, and and the music. The music was the music. You hear that the piano music play is the, and, and is the, you go running for the right, hill. Is the scariest soundtrack this side of Jaws. That's it. Yeah. Those are the two. Those are the two. The line forms behind those two, and when you hear that, when you heard that music, you knew Michael Myers was somewhere close, and you're like, oh man. This crazy SOB is about to cut some teenager's throat. Yeah. You knew it was coming. Ghostbusters was a comedy. That is not a Halloween movie. Yeah. Halloween's supposed to be somehow scary. And Ghostbusters was a lot of things. Scary, it was not. Halloween is the preeminent Halloween movie of all time. And it's a series, which makes it even better. Wasn't there Ghostbusters two and three or something? Or maybe even more. Oh than yeah, that? they did a they like did an all a female version or something. Three with women. Yeah. Oh boy. Awful. It was horrible. You know. Well, you know what's good about Ghostbusters? <laughs> I'm sick of the song already today. If I hear it again, my head's gonna explode. But is there anybody above the age of 35 that doesn't know exactly what that is? That that song right there. Everybody knows that song. It was I Want a New Drug that was sped up. Yeah. Same beat. Yeah. I met Bill Murray at an airport um, seven years ago in Austin. And couldn't have been cooler. Could not have been cooler. Nice. The good thing about Ghostbusters, Sigourney Weaver was good and Rick Moranis was good. They were the best part of Ghostbusters. Um... I'm. I don't know. I'm going to give Ghostbusters a little more credit than you are, but yeah. Oh come on. The, well, I mean, just a little. I'm not saying it's Schindler's List or anything, but I'm just saying it's <laughs> like it's pretty good. <laughs> um, Boy, hey, we just went dark. Yeah, Whoa. sorry about that. Oh, that, was, that didn't work out. Um, didn't it? Yeah, the first Halloween. It's not even the killing. It's the setting up of where you would see him. That was. I'm trying to think how old I was. It scared the crap out of me. 70s, man. My God, that was scary. And you know the one thing about it that lets you know is really scary is when you're watching it as a kid, you're sitting there going, can it just be daytime for a little while, a on, little that, while. on that movie? It was nighttime the whole time. It was always nighttime. There, there, was, one, there was one late after, right before everyone's trick-or-treating. I'm actually, there. remember when the station wagon stopped? Oh, yeah. And it backed up. Something about mm. that freaked me out. And then the music started. Yeah, I know. Man, now I may have to watch that just just, just to feel like Halloween. Because I'm, I'm a humbug, um, Jeff. I'm, I'm about to go outside and pull my uh, car into the garage so kids don't stop there by. You go. I don't have any candy. Nothing? You don't even put it out front and say, take this? Dude, I don't have any candy. I'm, I've been holed up all day working. Maybe I'll make an HEB run because, you know, I, I, I need to support the dental industry. 
too. So maybe I will. I'll do that. I'll, I will. I will be out with kids, and one of them will throw up by 8 p.m. That is disgusting. Oh, no doubt. They'll throw. I mean, the only hope is they throw up outside. It's not in the car. That's my only hope. That's my upside <laughs> of my entire evening. Is I just hope somebody doesn't throw up in my car. I wonder that if some. Is- I wonder if a 20 year old today saw the original Halloween. Would it hold up? No, kids aren't as scary as we were growing up. Not very little scares them. Huh. It's hard to make a good horror movie, but I think The Exorcist holds up. Yeah. But yeah, it's not a, and the movies now are more graphic now. Yeah. So they don't they don't really show Michael Myers inserting knives as much as they would today. Yeah. So I think they're more desensitized to it. Yeah, the build up was just genius. Loved it. The build Just up was loved G- it. it was like Jaws. It was the build. It wasn't so much the attacks. It was the build up. Yeah, and you knew it was coming, and it still scared the you know what out yeah. of you. Yeah. I can't remember early on. Did we see the? Did we see little Mike's face? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> did we see him? As did we ever see his face as a kid? I thought there was this. No, we saw we saw Jason Voorhees as a kid, but I don't think we ever saw Michael as a kid. I don't know why I thought that there was a scene where I don't know if he had had the knife and you saw the little kid. I don't know. Something messed oh, up. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, I think something you're right. messed up. He it was really a brief look at this kid. It was really disturbing too. And it but it didn't take long for him to morph back into oh, no. Flasher. Yeah. I know. Well, there you go. All right. Well, you dissed Ghostbusters. That's kind of a buzzkill. It's just, I love Ghostbusters, but not as a Halloween movie. It's just a, I don't know what that is, but it wasn't even, it was never Halloween and Ghostbusters. I don't even know when it came. When did it come out? When did Ghostbusters come out? What time of year? Do we even know? Oh, I'm looking. I saw, I remember I saw Halloween. I think I saw it on Halloween at North Cross Mall. Okay, the first Ghostbusters. June. June Brandon says June 7th. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. There's nothing that says Halloween like June 7th. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Sad, as always, good stuff, man. Later, brother. This is Buy or Sell.